All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Joey Fight. I'm the founder of thephysicaleducator.com, a PE pedagogy coach here in Canada, and the host of tonight's PE chat. I just want to kick things off by saying thank you so much for tuning into tonight's PE chat radio hour. We have an amazing guest who I'll be introducing soon, so you're definitely in for a treat here tonight. If this is your first time getting in on the P-Chat fun, let me just break it down for you real quick. So P-Chat is a weekly conversation that is hosted here on Twitter Spaces, Twitter's built-in social audio platform. The goal of the chat is to help you discover new ideas, resources, and people that can help you take your teaching to the next level. There are a variety of formats for these Monday night chats, and tonight's is pretty special. It's a P-Chat radio hour. So in just a minute, you will get to listen in to a live interview with one of the most celebrated adventure education teachers on the planet. The conversation will go on for about 45 minutes and we will follow it up with a live Q&A session during which you, the listeners, will have the opportunity to ask some of your questions to our awesome guest. Now, if this is your first time using Twitter spaces, I want you to know that there are a couple different ways that you can interact with the conversation while you're here. First off, feel free to tweet any thoughts, quotes, questions, reaction gifts that you may want to share. Just be sure to include the pchat hashtag in your tweets so that I can go back and find them later. Second, Spaces lets you react to what's being said by using emoji. To do so, just tap the reaction icon at the bottom of your screen and select the emoji that you wish to react with. Everybody in the space will be able to see it, which makes for a pretty cool effect. So how about we try that out right now? Why don't we show some love to our guest by sending him a bunch of waving hand emojis? So see if you're able to send a little wave here to our guest here tonight. So I got mine up. There we go. Okay, I got. See, I see a couple here in the space. We're good to go. Nice. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Told you it was cool. All right, um, the third way you can interact in this chat is by actually speaking. So when we get to the Q&A session later on, I'll ask the space if anyone has any questions. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask, just hit the request button. I'll see all the requests that come in, and I promise that I'll do my absolute best to try and get to as many as I can. Now, just a heads up, though, um, if I pick your question, I'll add you as a speaker, but you have to make sure that you unmute yourself first. <laughs> so once you've been added as a speaker, just unmute yourself, then just share your name, where you teach, and ask away. Uh, I want to let you know, too, that tonight's conversation is being recorded. So I want to record this so that I can share it later on as an episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast. This recording will include the Q&A session, so I just want you to be aware of that before we dive into things here. And uh, just checking my notes, uh, I think that's it. So without further ado, let me introduce our amazing guest tonight. So Mark Friedrich is an adventure education and health education teacher at Milburn High School in Milburn, New Jersey. Mark has been a member of Milburn's health and PE department for 16 years. And during those years, he's created an adventure education program that is not only one of the largest in his state, it's also the envy of many educators out there, this guy included. Mark was named the 2016 New Jersey Aford Secondary Physical Education Teacher of the Year, and he was also the recipient of the 2021 Shape America Joy of Effort Award, which honors individuals who, by performance and style, have personified the concept that the effort made to enrich the goals and objectives of health and physical education, physical activity, dance, and sport is a labor of love inspired by commitment and dedication. 
when he's not helping students through his high ropes course, chasing snakes out of his teaching space, or participating in Tough Mudders, Mark travels across the U.S. to present to local, state, and national organizations on the topics of team building, icebreaker activities, problem solving, trust building, and adventure games. It's an absolute honor to have Mark as our guest for tonight's P-Chat Radio Hour, and I can't wait for him to just melt our faces, or at least our ears, with his incredible passion for adventure education. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so pumped. Let's get this thing on the road. Let's tune, see if you're if you're here. Can you, can you hear me, Mark? Can you talk here? Can you introduce yourself a little oh, bit? I can hear you loud and clear, Joey. Thanks for having me tonight. Uh, that's quite an intro. <laughs> I have to live up tonight, so nice, nicely done, my friend. Nicely done, <laughs> Mark. And you, you do some incredible work, man. So the intro part was the easy part. Um, so we're gonna go through a couple of questions here, and then, like I said, we'll get into the Q and A later. But I just want to say, like, from the little that I've seen, based on what you've shared, I've been absolutely blown away by how fun your program and teaching space look. Like, it just looks like. It just looks like something that I absolutely wish I had been able to do when I was in high school. So sure. to, to anyone who's discovering you here for the very first time, can you describe a little bit about like the type of learning that takes place in your adventure education program on a, on a lesson-to-lesson basis? Sure, and I think, I think the word fun you just used is a great choice of words to use when describing not only my teaching space, but my program. Um, keep in mind, this is a high school physical education program for those of you who are just getting to know me. I teach in Milburn, uh, New Jersey. Milburn High School is a school of about 1,600. We're about 22 miles west of New York City. Um, And I can only describe myself as I am blessed to really have a teaching space that I do. Uh, If you've never seen it, just imagine, you know, over 30 outdoor and indoor challenge course activities ranging in, you know, from ground level activities to 30 feet up that my students are able to utilize all the time, three marking periods a day, three marking periods a year. Um, and the best thing about it is we are, we're a phys ed elective program, so the students get to choose to be in your class. So the students who choose to be in adventure education really are, are passionate and like-minded like myself. You know, they really want to be there. Um, and of course, it's, you know, Joey, it's an experiential education class, so they're learning from doing, and then they're reflecting and connecting upon those experiences you know, all the time. Now, the three main, the three main areas that most of you know me from, of course, the team building. You know, you, you touched on the fact that I travel all over the country now mm-hmm. doing team building presentations. You know, but there's so much that goes into team building. There's icebreakers. There's problem solving. There's trust building. You know, the social emotional learning activities, and you know, it just it's endless what you can do. And that's just you know one part of it. We, I teach my students how to belay, how to tie knots how to use all climbing equipment, you know, because they are going up 30 feet. And then, of course, you know, the culminating piece is putting it all together for what I call the physical climbing or the adventuring piece where they get to test everything out. And really, it's on them. I don't I don't belay students. I teach my students to belay and they take full responsibility for each other's safety. So I hope that explains what it is that I do. You can understand, you know, probably from my voice how passionate I am and <laughs> yeah about this all night but like i said early on you know i i've been blessed i've been blessed to to find this program and you know and it came later in my career too it didn't come in the beginning you know which is amazing that is amazing and like 
even just you describing it there, like the idea of um of students belaying it. Like I just remember when I first started climbing and whatnot, like the first time you get belayed by somebody, there's like such like a level of trust there that needs to exist. <laughs> Cause I remember I was, I was nervous as heck going up that wall. Um, but you know, like you're talking about your program and I can hear the passion in your voice. And you, like I said before, you have one of the largest adventure education programs in your state. That kind of vision doesn't become a reality overnight. So I'm curious to know, like, how did you get started in adventure education at Milburn? And how has the program kind of evolved over the 16 years that you've been at your school? Um, that, that's a great question. Um, keep in mind that I jumped ship from elementary school physical education teacher to a high school level physical education teacher, knowing this, this program was going to be implemented. My, uh, my former supervisor left my district where I was an elementary school teacher and he headed over to Milburn, which is the neighboring town. And I just knew he had this vision. And so when he jumped, I said, first chance I get, if there's an opening, I'm going to put in for it. And it was a risky move because you've given up yeah. an elementary job that I absolutely loved. And it took a year to get it started. Now, when we got it started, it was his vision. But really, the amazing thing was it came from the community. It was a grant donation from our Milburn Short Hills Education Foundation, which is parents who bought into this idea and said, we're going to take a chance on this program. And I was non-tenured at the time in my ninth year. And of course, if they ask you to do something, you're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, also needed, I, needed, I needed my niche at the high school mm. because you know, at the elementary school, the phys ed teacher is, is king, you know, but you have to really, you have to find your niche at a high school or secondary level. So they sent three of us down for training to Project Adventure in, in Covington, Georgia. We had no experience. I fell in love with it right away. It was a fun four days. Uh, they they put the course in. They gave us six high elements. We had no equipment storage. We had limited experience, limited games in our repertoire. And really, when I look back, you know, the the rescue and the retrieval skills that we had were really, you know, it's amazing. No one no one ever really made a mistake because we were <laughs> very inexperienced. But now I look at it, and I just I'm amazed by since 2005. We now have 11 indoor climbing stations. Wow. We've, four, we've had four major additions. Again, grant donations from our Milburn Short Hills Education Foundation from the community members. We've had three minor additions. And then I've gotten really good, Joe, with, with design and vision. So like, I'll see something and I'll say, hey, is it possible to add this to that element to make it better? And you know, I'll call up my installer and they'll say, absolutely, we can do that. So I've actually tweaked which I think any good teacher would do. I've tweaked a lot of the original elements to make them more challenging. Now, the beautiful thing too, is I always tell my students, there are elements on my course. And when I say element, I'm talking about the climbing obstacles. Okay. Uh, so when there are, there are elements on our course that will get the best of you. And there are elements that'll be really easy for you. But that's, that's any kind of learning. There's going to be some hard subjects and there's going to be some easier subjects. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, you need to respect all the elements because you never know which one's going to pose a problem for you. So we have grown now. We started with six. We now have over 30 wow. between our low, our low elements and our high elements. And again, every, every addition I put in has been grant funded. So I'm really appreciative and truly blessed. I never imagined the impact adventure education would have both on myself 
as a, as a teacher, my students, and even beyond to something like this, a, a professional learning network. I mean, this is amazing. You know, so I truly, I truly, I, you know, Joe, I, I don't want to brag, but I have an amazing job. <laughs> oh, that's not bragging, man. That's, that's the, that's the dream. And that's, that's hard earned, but you've also helped craft that job in so many ways, right? I'm, I'm just curious, just, just like listening in there. I wonder what was it like originally when you were trying to like pitch to the parents to get those grants? Like, what was that process like? Cause it off, like, you know, like if you have a teacher coming in or, or if you have a, a supervisor going in and saying like, Hey, we want to do this, like, which on paper must've just sounded like insane. Like what was the parent reaction like to those early concepts that you were going in? And how hard was it to get parents on board with this vision that, that you had for adventure education? You know, it's, it, it probably was a tough sell. It probably was a tough sell. I wasn't part of that process, okay. but I could recall because it was done. It was done as I was getting to Milburn, but knowing, um, knowing our community, it, you know, they probably had a lot of questions and luckily coming from South Orange Maplewood, my former supervisor had this program in place. So he had a lot of, a lot of research and a lot of proof that it was a successful program. Okay. I do. I do recall when he pitched it to our student body because he came into our health classes to do like a 15 minute presentation about this is a new program we're going to start to implement. And there was a lot of skepticism. You know, really? there's a lot of skepticism and like, oh, that that'll never work. And, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. And, you know, like anything in the beginning, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. And I recall, I mean, I recall taking equipment across the backfield in a beach cart because we had no storage and saying this, this is really not fun. <laughs> um, and then the, the PTO bought us a storage shed and we kept growing and growing. Uh, and now, you know, advocacy is huge. So I do a lot with videos and, you know, those always go to the board of education members. They always go to the parent community, the administrators. So everyone knows pretty much what Milburn High School Adventure Education is about and what it stands for, more importantly. So it's become a positive thing in our community. Yeah, I definitely think like just listening, like listening to how that that started off there, like I think passion is passion is such like an important player when you're trying to go forward with anything. And I think regardless of. You know, like I, I love meeting people who are incredibly passionate about things that I have absolutely no interest in or no, no, no experience with, because it's just fun meeting people who really, truly love something and really, truly like care about it and want to share those emotions about it with others. So I think that's infectious in a lot of ways. And I think that that can take you really far. But I also think that the preparation part is really important. So the fact that your supervisor had like this prior experience that they were that they had like the the research ready that they were able to like um, have like these almost like proof of concept and the, these case studies prepared to like showcase like that was probably really important too because I'm sure there was a lot of like like you were saying like if there was skepticism amongst the students there was definitely a lot of skepticism amongst the parents. Absolutely. Um, and I, I I always remember too like. When we we would take the kids off on um on a uh, a leadership trip and we did this like a frame activity where they have this giant like like a frame like structure and they have to move it with the the series of ropes. Anyways, the big thing is that like the structure is so big that if it falls on you, it's gonna crush you. Um, and the kids like couldn't believe that we were letting them do something that crazy. And because of that, 
the buy-in was huge. Um, and I, I can't imagine like when you were like introducing it to the students or when your, your supervisor is going and talking to students or when you had to talk to, to potential students later on, like they must, the reaction must be like, wait, you're telling me I'm going to be allowed to do this at school? <laughs> like it must be so wild. And, 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 and because it's an elective, like they must be, there must be such a huge level of buy-in once they're there in your class with you. I always sell this to them, Joey. I say you're sitting in an AP chemistry class period three period four you come to adventure ed you are climbing up a telephone pole 30 <laughs> feet top of it you're throwing yourself off while your best friend catches you on belay oh and then by the way you're walking back up for english class <laughs> that's wild i love it think about, think about that that alone yeah and how amazing it is so yeah. just like you like like describing it that way like i'm sure like you said before it's an elective so there's probably like kids that are like yes absolutely who are like seeking that and there's probably a lot of like kids who are like uh no thank you (laughs) i'm not interested in that but i'm also sure that there's a lot of teachers who probably look at what you're doing in adventure ed and think like no thanks so what advice would you have for teachers who may find themselves teaching adventure education for the very first time and how can they grow their comfort level with the subject Oh, absolutely. Uh, number one, I would say, uh, if interested in getting into this field, you have to be willing to attend as many professional trainings and workshops as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about on you know, on ground level activities, team building and, and trust builders. I'm talking about technical skills. It is a huge responsibility. Um, learn as many ground level activities as far as games, but more importantly, know why you're teaching them. Don't just do a game to do a game, learn how to frame those activities so that everything applies to your end goal, which is going to be having those students jump off a zip line or do the pamper pole or the flying squirrel. Uh, the other thing I would say is it, you have to be passionate because you have to sell adventure. Mm. Uh, have to be involved. You know, Today, I was in the middle of, of talking about our weekends using paint chips, and I was going around explaining that why the blue paint chip you know, pertain to me because it would represent the color of the shirt that I got for running a charity 5k yesterday, you know? So without me participating, if I just sat on the outside, I don't get to know my students. I also show energy. I told you I have the most amazing job. I usually open up with students and tell them that I absolutely love my job and I'm 100% passionate about my job. And it becomes contagious because Mm -hmm. they know they have a teacher who cares. Um, so connecting with your students, you know, and just don't don't ever let your guard down because when you get into the serious piece like belaying or, you know, climbing, I mean, in a matter of seconds, you could have a major problem. So you really can never let your guard down. Um, and if, if this sounds like it's something for you and you want to reach out to me personally, absolutely. I can tell you how I got started. Um, you know, it's, like I said, it didn't happen to me until about year 10. And now I'm 27 years in and I love it. You know, I love it. And uh, it's going to keep me going for a long time here, Joe. That's amazing. I love it. And I, I definitely agree. Like, like getting the professional development you need. And also like, I'm assuming when you're attending these, these adventure education PD sessions, it's probably like a tight knit community. Like there's only so many teachers who are out there actually teaching this and learning it. So there must be like a good amount of like sharing going on and there must be so much value in terms of 
talking to other teachers about their experiences, learning what went well, what didn't go so well in their programs, and then learning uh, through that so that you can better prepare for your classes. Because, yeah, like, I can't imagine, like, if you were to throw me into that situation right away, like if I had to teach like a high ropes course and having never done it, uh, done it before, I would be so stressed out because I was, I wouldn't even know what I should be stressed out about. Like all of it would just come off as like danger to me. So I definitely think like gaining that experience from other educators would be key because it just must help you um, know what to look for uh, when you're, when you're, when you're teaching it. Uh, Absolutely. And like some of those professionals were, you know, absolutely my key support during the pandemic, you know, and my key support during virtual learning. So the community is strong, like our PLN, and it's it's kind of cool to have the Adventure Ed PLN and the Health Physical Education PLN. Yeah, I think I think the more the more circles we can include ourselves in, the just the more well rounded we'll be in our own teaching. Um, hey, speaking of which, so one of my favorite things that I stumbled upon during the pandemic was your uh, virtual knot tying lesson. I saw you teaching knot tying through through like Zoom or Google Meet or whatever it was, and I thought that was amazing. How did you adapt your program to keep it fun and relevant during those months of distance learning? Wow, wasn't that an adventure, Joey? Oh, what a what a wonderful adventure it was. <laughs> uh, let me well, let me tell you something. That was an eye opener because I was in year 20, 26, and I had full fledged panic because some of you might not know this, but I had zero technology skills when it came to Google Meet, Google Classroom, or even like Zooming. I had no skills, so I did not want to look unprofessional. Um, I was I. I had a lot of anxiety about it. Also, I had no idea really what I was going to do. We stuck with our program and I was assigned six adventure education classes. Um, so I said, I got to figure this out. So when I talked to my students, they were, they were in the same boat. They were trying to figure this out, but they started to say one thing. And that was, they mentioned that there was a lack of connection. Mm-hmm. This was like early September. There's a lack of connection in their classes and that I was also witnessing the same thing with my, my own three children who were elementary, middle school, and high school, that it was all curriculum, 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 and teachers were focused on getting across content. But what was missing was the connection piece. And so I, I said, let me see if I could figure out a way to get students to be socially active and socially interacting through virtual. And um, that's where I started. But then I also, I wasn't, I wasn't ashamed or I wasn't scared to go ask for help in year 26 you know having been out there on the presentation circuit you know i didn't know it all in fact i was out of my element so you talk about a tight-knit community when i reached out to like the instructors up at high five adventure in vermont or project adventure up in massachusetts you know chip candy who's a team builder himself and a a project adventure guy you know I was amazed by how willing they all were to to help and give me ideas. But let me tell you, you talk about a connection 10,000 miles away, all the way down in Melbourne, Australia, is a gentleman by the name of Mark Collard. He, uh, he's the owner of Playmeal.com. It's a it's an online database of team building games. He's a world-renowned author for team building. He took so much time to work with me, Zooming from Australia, um, and he really – he really saved me and he gave me so much passion and energy and ideas that I'm like indebted to him. And we, we did a weekly, a weekly trip 
called Milburn, Milburn to Melbourne. And we did virtual field trips where we go and watch like a team building facilitator tip video from him and the students would work. And then at the end of the marking period, he actually left my students a, a live Zoom message, giving them like, you know, advice and wishing them well. It was truly amazing. Some of the, like you, you mentioned the knot tying, but some of the cool stuff we came up with, we took virtual field trips because we weren't allowed to do anything in school. So we couldn't use our climbing course. So we visited different virtual um, adventure parks all over the country and world. And we kind of examined, you know, safety protocols, uh, level of difficulty, things like that. My students designed on the computer, uh, they designed their own adventure parks. We, we said that COVID has, COVID has wiped out the, the ropes course at Melbourne. You have to submit you know, a brand new 12 element design. And some of the stuff they gave me was awesome. <laughs> um, you know, you saw that you saw the knot tying and that was amazing because they actually went out and they purchased some ropes. They got on Amazon for $6 or they went to Home Depot and they got like a 25 foot rope that they were able to do, you know. And then, of course, using Playmio for for the virtual online games was was just key, you know. So somehow we made it work. It was enjoyable, and I, I was really proud of what my students did, but I was really proud of kind of this virtual venture education curriculum we created, but then I was also disappointed that we're never going to, hopefully, hopefully, Joe, yeah. <laughs> ever, ever going to need to use it again, but let me tell you something. You talk about planning and prep time. Oh, man, I was doing like three hours a night trying to piece together. What am I going to do? Because what I didn't want happen was, I didn't want my class becoming a class where students were tuned out. I yeah. wanted them actively engaged. And you knew you had them when, when they were leaving the meet, they would say goodbye and thank you. And you saw the smiles. You knew you had them. Yeah. yeah. That's a, so, you know, like a, a few things like, um, first of all, as much as like the pandemic has like sucked and it's been horrible and it's been really horrible for for a lot of people, one of the silver linings I kept telling myself is that like, at least we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when you're talking, I think the, the level of collaboration that we saw, like even within the phys ed community and, and, and across so many communities in the world, the fact that like it was this, the shared experience that we're all, that we're all living through at the same time really brought people together and because there was no experts because this has never happened to 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 us before um there was a lot more of of kind of like vulnerable conversations uh, uh, having uh, taking place and people willing to like ask questions that maybe usually they'd be shy to be asking but it was like it became the safe space because like hey there's no rule book here so you can just kind of ask whatever and because of that, i feel like it really brought people together and it really had people working together so that's that's amazing um that that was your experience too, if your adventure ed uh, circles and just you hit it on the head there when you talked about like focusing on connection and interaction first, because I don't know about you, man, but like when we went into lockdown, it was basically was like, Hey, you have to plan these lessons, but also you don't have any like working hours and you have access to like every tool known to humankind, like through the internet. Mm-hmm. And I was just like pouring in like, I was like pouring in like four, five, six hours on these these virtual lessons um, that were, were getting like in a lot of cases that were getting straight up like crickets. Like I was getting very low interaction. And if I could do anything, I wish I could go back 
and just focus on that social piece first. I think like focusing on on those those connections before curriculum, I think that's like the winning strategy when you're in distance learning. And it sounds like you were able to pick that up early on. And I wonder if that also came from not only like obviously, okay, like you're you're a celebrated educator. <laughs> um, but I wonder if it also came from the the collaborative nature of adventure education. Like your 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 classes must feel like teams, do they? Absolutely. We're a family. We're a family and um, you know, my goal, and I tell, I tell my students, my goal is to learn every student's name as fast as possible. Cause I never want to be that teacher. Hey, you in the red sweatshirt, can you mm-hmm. come help us belay in week five? Um, you know, we are, we are family, we are a group. And we talked about last year, how team, you know, teams, whether it's a sport team or groups, whether it's a class, a club, you know, your dorm mates, uh, your colleagues, your ultimate, your ultimate group, which is your family, you know, they all have the same dynamic. And, you know, if you get along and you're happy, things go much better. I did have a student. She's pretty much summed it up at the end of last marking period or the last year of virtual marking period. She said, Mr. Friedrich, she said something cool. I just did. She said, I was able to go through our whole Google meet and for all 32 people in this class, I could tell you one fun fact about each individual. And she goes, oh, wow. I don't, I don't even know their grade levels. <laughs> I've never seen some of these people, but we learned so many small bits of information because you let us open up our microphones and we did so many awesome, you know, team building activities that involve social interaction. And I said that that was like your aha moment where you're like, that was awesome. Thank you so much. That's incredible. You know what? Like yeah. you were saying before, like, yeah, hopefully we never have to use any of these curriculum resources that we put together, like as an emergency response to the pandemic. But I do think that there was a lot that we can take away from it, um, that we can continue to implement in our teaching. And all, for, I think for so many of us, just really being able to say like, community is so important and what can we be doing to facilitate that sense of community that sense of belonging for every student um as as early and as often as possible to ensure that they're getting the most out of every lesson that we're putting together for them and i think that idea that like came out of this like mess of of pandemic teaching it's something that we already knew about but at least now like that it was like a real serious reminder is like Hey, this is what's actually important, and this is what you need to be f- prioritizing and focusing on first. Sure, no, a- absolutely. And I was I was blessed. Milburn Milburn Township Public Schools had a uh, for the high school. We had a all camera on policy. Students had to have it. And I mean, when you have cameras on, the connection is great because you get mm-hmm. to see them. You get to see their pets every now and then. Their parent would pop in. You know, <laughs> you felt connected. You got to know that child's house what room they were in you saw a child and you know go outside and sit on their patio it, it was pretty awesome you know yeah. um so you know will we ever be back there i hope not but i learned so many valuable lessons from virtual learning last year that's amazing um hey so speaking about learning you you actually help other teachers learn a lot so you travel across the u.s you present to different uh, uh you present different team building and problem solving games to teachers all across the country i know that every teacher has like a hall of fame 
like a collection in their mind of like their best activities or their best lessons. So if you could pick only one activity from like the Mark Friedrich, like hall of fame, which activity would it be? And can you walk us through it a little bit? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. First off, uh, a Mark Friedrich hall of fame. I'm wow. I never thought about that. Um, all right. Let me, let me think here, Joe. Um, all right, so many, so many activities could be up for this honor because, I mean, if you think about it, my problem-solving activities are way different from my trust building, which are way different from my SEL. But let me hone in here. Um, all right, so I think, I think you, you need to know what's gonna, what my criteria is for this. Okay. All right, number one, as an adventure educator, if I'm doing a game, number one, this, uh, this game has to be enjoyable to play for the participants. Like you have to see pure enjoyment on their faces. It has to be enjoyable to teach. Like no matter how many times you teach it, you want to go to it. And it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a short hit. I think it has to pack energy like all the time. Like there has to be constant energy uh, whenever you do this. Um, I think if it has consistent outcomes, like, you know, it's a hall of famer. And I think, if the participants, I think this goes back to elementary school teaching too. If they come in the door and they ask to play it, you know, they remember it and you know, they want to do it. So it's a hit. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go with the game and so many people who are in this, in this, um, space right now, know this activity. I'm going to go with a game that I learned. I got to give him credit. Uh, Chris Ortiz as a high five facilitator. He's now at Penn state university. I had the pleasure of meeting him. I think it was 2014 up in Newport, Rhode Island. When I saw this game and the first time I played this game, I knew I'd be doing this game for a long time. It's called Wawmaster. Okay. I'm not, it's, it's a circle game. It's a large circle game. And I am the Wawmaster and you have to create the story, how you get the mystical Waw power. <laughs> and you have three signs that I could throw. I could throw, if you, if Joey, if you fold your arms right now and you make an X yeah. in front of you, fireball sign if you put your arms up with like your hands over your head with a claw that's that's the bear sign and then if you make a slithering sign uh with your arm or a motion with your arm that's the snake and those are the three signs and as the wah master i'm going to have everyone put their hands on their side and i'm going to say one two three wah and i will throw one of those signs they don't know what sign i'm going to throw they just don't want to throw the same sign as me Okay. <laughs> you do throw the same sign as me. You don't have the mystical wah. You must take one knee. The circle moves in one step. Next round, same thing. The circle keeps getting closer and closer and closer until it's usually just me and maybe two participants. And I always give the participants a chance to share the title of wah master with me, but they never want to share it. They always want to go for the gold. And I'll say, ask your classmates and They'll add, and the classmates will always say, no, go for it, go for it. <laughs> and at the end, because everyone's taken a knee, if that person beats me, which every now and then they do, I don't have a perfect record, <laughs> give a chance too. Then they're left as the wah master. Now, because everyone's on a knee, then we all hail the wah master. <laughs> all hail the wah master. And the look on the face of that participant is like one like, wow, everyone is just all hailing me and it could be the most important part of that kid's day or that student's day they yeah. may have never won anything as an athlete they may not even participate but they're the wa champion then i always tell them you're the wa champion until you're unseated 
And then maybe a couple weeks later, I'll do it. During presentations, when I do this, this gets cutthroat. Like people are like, <laughs> I did Pennsylvania AFERT as my last big convention before the pandemic. I, I was the keynote speaker. I had probably 400 people in a circle. That's amazing. Joe, Joey, I'm going to tell you, I beat them. I won. <laughs> I won. So that, that would have to be because I see, I see the results. I, I saw the results up in Wisconsin when I was there. And, and it was amazing. Uh, but there's so many. There's so many blindfolded activities or my Ubuntu cards. You know, But I'm going to go with Wildmaster. Final answer. All right. I, lo- I love it. And I, I do love games like that. Um, cause like you were saying, like those kids, it, it's so random and the kid that winds up winning, that's something that they just like cherish like forever. I I can think back like on different kinds of games I play like that. And just like the, there's, and it's just the best seeing that face when you get to see that, that kid's face, when they, they react that way to that moment, yeah. it's just like the most precious thing in teaching. And you have to you have to realize that that, that game is classified as an energizer. Okay. You know, it's not a it's not a problem solver. It's flat out an energizer, and it it never fails. You know that <laughs> that would be like the Derek Jeter going into the Hall of Fame. That 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 ball master. You know, it's a unanimous decision. <laughs> I love it. Hey, by the way, just um little little extra one here there. I heard you say a word there, and I was wondering if you could explain a little bit because I think it's one that's important to you. You you mentioned the term Ubuntu. Um, what does what does Ubuntu mean? How do you use that in your teaching? Uh, well, the the Ubuntu cards are come right from High Five Adventure, which is my go to you know my go to shop. Um, it is a African term, and it's also our class philosophy. Ubuntu means I am. Because we are, I have it on shirts. I use it all the time. I mean, if you think about that concept, I am because we are adventure education. You can't do on your own. Mm. You might be able to, as maybe an introvert or a shy student, go into you know a class, math class, science class, yoga, fitness, whatever, and say nothing to no, you know to other classmates. Do your work. Be respectful. Listen, and never collaborate collaborate with anyone else and be fine and get an A. Yeah. But in the venture education, I always say, you know, for Joey Fight to climb the wall, you need a belayer, a backup belayer, an anchor, a rope collector. If we're outside, you need two ladder holders. So you need at least seven people, six to seven people to make your climb possible. So that climb is possible because you had support from your team. You know, and that whole team has to, they have to go through belay commands. They have to communicate. So I am because we are, you can't do adventure education on your lo- alone, which is so, so true. And so unique to adventure education. I love it. That's beautiful. What a, what a, a great, uh, slogan for a, a class and a program. Um, Hey Mark, I'm just, I'm looking at the time here and I'm looking at how many people are in the space and I'm wondering if, um, it might be a good time for us to kind of open it up to the Q&A portion uh, for next chat, because I'm sure there's a lot of questions that people want to ask, and I want to make sure that people have time to ask that, those questions. Absolutely, but I would like to connect, so I would like to know, 
uh, where they're from, who they are and where they're from. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, that's a, a great way to kick it off here. So um, if you're listening in here and you've got a question from Mark, uh, I'm going to be opening the floor up to any listeners in the space that may have a question. So if you've got one, just hit the request button and I'm going to do my best to try and get to as many of you as I can. Once you've been um, approved as a speaker, what will happen is that you'll get the notification and then you can unmute yourself. And like Mark said, just introduce yourself, let us know where you teach, and then go ahead and ask your question. And I just want to give you a, a quick reminder, just in case you weren't here for the start, this PE chat is being recorded and it will be shared as an episode of the Physetio podcast later on. And that includes this Q&A session. But if you ask a question here and have it answered, I will ask for your permission before I include it in the final podcast. So I don't want that to be a barrier to anybody asking any questions. So if you've got a question that you'd like to ask about adventure education or anything that Mark's talked about here or anything in general that you want to ask Mark, just go ahead and hit that request button and we'll try and get in a couple of questions here before the end. So, Mark, this is the the awkward waiting phase. That is a, a solid part of every week's um, PE chat. <laughs> Fine, there's crickets. Actually, wait, I have a cricket button. Where's my cricket button? I think it's this one. No, it's my laugh. There we go. We have crickets. <laughs> so, while we wait for somebody here to to figure out where that request button is, and I really hope people uh, are willing to ask uh, a question here because this is a real honor that we have Mark on the show and uh, that we get to ask questions. Um, Mark, I got a question for you. When we were when we were chatting, when we were setting this up and everything, you mentioned something about the story of the snake when it came to like knot tying, mm. and I just kind of nodded my head and pretended that I knew you were what you were talking about, but I actually had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> And I didn't know if you were able to like kind of break that down here. Uh, well, yeah, I, I could break down easily. It would be great if we had a visual. But when students have, we have fifteen. We have we utilize our old retired climbing rope, and I cut them into fifteen foot lengths. And every student gets a fifteen foot length of eleven millimeter climbing rope. And when they learn to tie the essential climbing knot, which for my program is a single figure eight climbing knot with a backer knot. Um, I utilize a story I learned in 2005 down in Georgia, which is, which is the story of the snake. The bite of the rope, which is where you're going to clip into, that becomes the snake's head. And so when they hold it out in front of them, you bring the bite towards your chest. So the snake bites you. It goes around the tree. It comes back. It bites you again. So you bring the rope forward. And then it shoots up into its hole through the front door. And all those little key terms like front door – it's pretty much just directing students to tie a, a figure eight knot on a bite. Um, but the, the ironic thing is last spring when we got back down to the course, <laughs> because it was so, you know, we were hybrid. So I only had about six students in and the rest were all online at home doing stuff. But when we got down to the course, I had a population of garter snakes that had made my course their home. And so the kids were like, wow, we really do have snakes in adventure ed besides <laughs> not tying. So I had my, I had my, you know, my fill of, of snakes. But the funny thing is, is like, you know, as with any sports skill or any skill, every teacher finds a way to explain it. You know, every teacher finds a way to explain the cues. And yeah. if it works and you see it works and the kids remember it, you know, you stick with it. I'm going to be honest. I learned that from the gentleman at Project Adventure down in Georgia, and he was from Tennessee. 
And I'll never forget him telling me that story. And I'm kind of looking at him. And now here I am 15 years later, 16 years later, <laughs> telling that same story. Yeah. And I think that's like, like using stories like that makes it so memorable. Like I remember there were so many things I had learned as a kid, especially like um, going to French school. There was like a, like a ton of stuff that like I, sh I struggled with and just having like little routines like that, that like made it easy to kind of remember exactly what uh, I was doing, what I was getting myself into um, sure. went through. Didn't you have a deer in your teaching space not too long ago too? Like, is there just like 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 a like a, a a collection of wild animals that are there on a regular basis? A baby deer got under the fence and was in there when I unlocked and had had students with me. But the the, the funny thing was, its mother was on the other side of the fence, and so the, I I herded the baby deer out. But then the mother stayed there and stared at me for like another three periods, and I was like, "Good thing there's a chain link fence." <laughs> the greatest one down there ever. I have two good ones. Because, I mean, this classroom is pretty far away. I'm the only teacher in Melbourne that has to deal with animals in their classroom. Um, <laughs> I had a raccoon in a garbage can one time that did not like the fact that I put my Dunkin' Donuts cup in the garbage. So he <laughs> popped out and scared scared me pretty good. And then uh, about 2018, we had two coyotes. I'm Joey, this is New Jersey. This isn't Arizona. <laughs> two coyotes on the backfield. And when I called them into security, the security guard kind of chuckled and said, tell your freshmen to run fast. <laughs> and out there and they never came near me but i was like there are coyotes on the backfield and we're ziplining this is truly an adventure i love so it you never know what you're gonna find and you know you just kind of roll with it you roll with it oh it's all part of the adventure like you said absolutely Hey, everyone listening in, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it one more time here. Um, if anybody has any questions that you'd like to ask, I want you to feel free to hit that request button and go ahead and ask your question. We're talking about adventure education and how to get it uh, how to set up. Here we have a we have a couple questions here coming in. Um, Great. So I'm gonna uh, approve Eric. So Eric, once you're approved, you can go ahead and ask your question. Uh Joey, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. So, Joey, I'm Eric Danielson. I teach in a small town in the state of Washington, Eatville, Washington. And I'm going to make a comment about Mark. Okay. Um, uh -oh. Mark and I connected at the North Carolina State Conference last year. And there wasn't a lot of people in his um, session. And then we stayed connected after that via text, via email. And he, and I teach middle school PE and his virtual stuff saved me. And wow. it's, it's absolutely amazing what he has come up with. Um, you know, we, we, our connection is football. I'm a big Seahawks fan. So he's a big Cowboys fan. We've connected with that, but now I am back to remote learning because my school was shut down and now I'm pulling that out again and I'm reusing it. And it's just phenomenal because like he said, when you connect with these kids and they actually turn their camera and mic on and say goodbye to you at the end of a virtual meet is amazing. So that's my comment about Mark. It's just been at, he has saved my program last year. Uh, thanks, Eric. Good to, good to hear your voice. Eric, that was super kind, man. Thanks so much for sharing. You're um, welcome. Okay, I see Jen. Jen, you have a, a question for Mark? Yes, I do. Hi, everybody. Jen Hebank here. I teach full-time adapted PE in Buffalo at the secondary level. 
Mark, I've been using some of your stuff. So thanks so much for sharing all the stuff you've been sharing on Twitter. I super duper appreciate it. I have two questions. Number one, um, I'm curious, um, what have you done? Have you had um, students with disabilities in your class, you know, physical impairments or um, ASD or any, just any disabilities? And have you been able to get them up on the course? And then or have you had them, you know, just in class doing some of your um, in-class collaborative activities? My second question is, what are some of your go-to um, debrief questions? Because a lot of times, I, you know, I teach unified PE, so people with and without disabilities in class. And so often it is very much like outdoor ed where we set up the problem, we set up um, the activity, and I just love asking kids questions. And then they just feel way more connected. So I probably should have been an adventure ed teacher as well, but because um, that's just who I am. Um, but I love I love what I do, and I'm just curious about those two things. So have you worked with kids with disabilities in your class, and what are your go to debrief questions? Sure, sure. Thanks for um, thanks for checking in, and uh, thanks for always you know your comments and you know support on social media is greatly appreciated. Uh, your first question, uh, yes, I have had. Uh, students with um, special needs um, in my class. And if they require a one-on-one aid, we have had that uh, where the one-on-one aid is with them. Um, I don't ever turn anyone down. Um, And, you know, we don't have, I don't want to say we have, we don't have students with who are, you know, technically adapted as far as taking the class. We do have an adapted program but some students require that extra one-on-one aid, and I have I've had have have had them in my class. And you just you know you just let them know they do the best they can, and you don't try to um, you know you don't try to make them do something that would make them feel uncomfortable. And of course, with the aid, the aid's always there. But as far as climbing, uh, the sky's the limit. Let, let them go, let them experience it, and you just you know you keep a close eye on everyone, and like you would for any other student, you know. So no. Um, Definitely, they can they can take my class. And as far as a debrief question, that, well, that's a great one. Uh, I think my number one at the end of the day, you ask, "How did that activity make you feel?" So you know, after we're done, how did it make you feel participating in this? What what are you feeling right now? And they open up. They open up. So anytime you can get students to open up about you know their emotions or their feelings, I think it's a win win. Uh, another great. You know, another great activity that you could, you know, I always say is the We Connect Cards by Chad Littlefield. You know, We Connect Cards get students to open up big time, not necessarily debriefing, but as far as talking. So um, hopefully that helps, Jen. And then and thanks again for the uh, for checking in and for your support. Mark. Yeah, can, definitely. Thank you. Mark, can you just describe what those cards are? Because I've never actually seen them. And I'm, I'm curious a, a little bit, the We Connect Cards, how did those work? There's 60 questions, infinite conversations of what it says in the box. And they're, Joey, they're, they're more than just your normal icebreaker questions. Which do you prefer, Coke or Pepsi, Star Wars or Harry Potter? You know, they are like serious, like what has made you smile in the last two weeks? What is something kind someone has done for you? Where is it, what is an area of yourself that you would like to improve? You know, so they really, they really get students to open up about themselves or self-reflection. There's some serious topics. There's fun and light ones. And so what we do is we have We Connect Wednesday, where I give three, three questions every Wednesday. And I let them choose. Do you want a fun and light one? Do you want a self-reflection or a more serious one? 
and they have to pick a question when they come in and they, they, they go to it. They connect. And they're from Chad Littlefield. Uh, the site would be we and me. Uh, and they were great. They were great in virtual and they're, they're great in person. Yeah, I've got them pulled up here. The website is weand.me. Um, and we connect. I'm going to order those. Those look amazing. Awesome. Hey, Joey. Yep. I just tweeted a picture in the response to, to the, the tweet that you put out. Oh, hi. So it's, it's got the picture of them for people who just want to look at them really quick on Twitter, too. Cool. Just retweeted it. Uh, thanks, Jen. I appreciate that. And thanks for, so much for your questions. Um, Jenny, you had a, a question. You can go ahead and unmute yourself there. Thanks. Hi, Mark. It's Jenny from Delaware. And yep. my question was um, kind of along similar lines. Um, I'm not doing adventure um, teaching, but more cooperative learning and trying to get a lot of team building, a lot of cooperative behaviors and that debriefing part at the end. Um, so that, that card, would it be suitable for middle school or oh, elementary? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, those, those are suitable definitely for for middle school, elementary, it's going to take the teacher maybe a little, a little explanation of what the card's looking for, but there's no reason. And the, the beautiful thing about those cards too is for the elementary and the middle school, there's a fitness component on the back. So as they're having the connection, they're supposed to be doing the exercise. Excellent. You know, but Excellent. because last year, the pandemic and things like that, I didn't want to go too hard with them. So I never mm-hmm. introduced the fitness piece, but honestly, I mean, the, the questions are, they carry themselves and the, the conversation's real. And, you know, you could totally do that with the, uh, with the elementary and the middle school. Great. And um, my other part is um, you're an elective. So obviously people are opting in, but do you ever have someone who's like reticent or nervous or is really kind of slow to warm up? And, and what do you do to help them into the group that might be more gregarious or more adventuresome? First things first, we are, our philosophy is challenged by choice. Uh, you do not have to, you do not have to climb to the top of something. You, you should try everything. But uh, if you are afraid of heights, we're going to work. I'm going to work with you and challenged by choices. As long as you can honestly tell me that you're giving it your best, I am happy. For example, Jenny, if we're doing the 30-foot climbing wall and you can only go up 10 feet, it's not about making it to the top. It's about you went up 10 feet and then you start to have a little panic. And you came down, but that 10 feet pushed you and that was your best. So it's challenged by choice. As long as you're participating at your best, your honest best, then I am happy with it. You know, so I always tell students, just come on in and, you know, give it a chance and, you know, just be upfront and honest with me. If you, if you are struggling with belaying, let me know. Don't try to fake anything. Don't try to pull something off that you can't do. It's okay to ex- admit that you're not good at something. We will work with you. Okay, great. Thank you kindly. You're welcome. I just love hearing you talk about it that way. Like there must be such like a strong sense of, of vulnerability in each of those lessons, because like, I'm sure there's like, there's moments where every student at inside at some place are probably like, uh, I'm not so sure about this, but they know that they, they like you were saying before, like even like with uh, the term Ubuntu, like they're relying on the people around them and they have to be able to admit that and be like, I'm going to need some help here or I'm going to have to go out at, at my own rate. So just a Mark, I wish I was a student in your class is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Come on down. 
um, maybe maybe once they open the border. Um, uh, I'm going to put out one last time here. Any last questions here for Mark before we sign off? If you got a question, just hit the request button and you'll be able to ask your question. Um, Joey, can yeah. I ask one more question, Joey? Oh, yeah, totally, Jenny. Go for it. Thanks. And maybe you spoke to it, Mark, and I missed it. But um, what's your ratio of boys and girls and such? Is it equal or? Oh, okay, a ratio questions are good. Because um, I can tell you this, my my ratio as far as boys and girls is usually pretty even. All right, it's pretty mixed. I normally have class sizes between 20 and 30. Uh, we try not to go over 30 because of obviously you know, supervision and climbing. Um, I don't like to have small classes because sometimes team building games don't work well. But what I do find is you get a lot of freshmen. You get a lot of freshmen because they're curious when they come in. So I have a high uh, influx of freshmen, but that's good because then they take it. Hopefully they enjoy it because then those are going to be your repeat customers, sophomore year, junior year, um, and senior year. By the time a student gets to senior year, they they easily could have taken the class six to eight times. Wow! Uh, elective. It's elective. I have a great a great story here. Uh, I had a young lady. She took the class eight times during her high school career. At the end of her high school career, I said, "You're really good at this. You, your skills are on point. Would you like to work with me over the summertime at Camp Riverbend?" where I run a high ropes program and she's now just graduated. She's in master, she's in her master's program and she's still working at Camp Riverbend with me and she's amazing. So you just, you have these connections you make along the way and you find someone and you just know that this child's really into it and it means something to them. So most students, uh, they'll keep coming back and that, that's what makes the connection stronger. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. That is so cool. That's, that's, amazing that you're able to get that kind of like engagement and that kind of connection and that this person found something that they really love and that they want to include and make continue to make a part of their life so mm-hmm. uh, that's amazing yo mark i'm not gonna lie man i'm so fired up right now i just want to go climb something um uh, i just want to say thank you so much for being here tonight and sharing your passion with all of us and just um for everything that you do for not only for our, our profession and for adventure education, but for all the students that you get to teach and just for inspiring so many people uh, throughout your career. Uh, it's, it's, you've, you've heard it from pretty much everybody here already, just how the impact that you've had uh, just by being willing to share uh, and to, to shine a light for everyone else. So I'm just so grateful that you were willing to be a part of tonight's P chat and um I hope to continue learning from you and I hope that more people discover you through this too and that people bring some of these concepts, even if they can't bring like a high ropes course or something to their school, they bring some of the philosophy uh, that you bring to your teaching because I, I really, really think it's something special. Oh, Jolly, that's, that's, that's kind. And, you know, I appreciate what you do and I appreciate, you know, the support and the the connection we have in this PLN, but also, you know, I, I, before I go, I do have to say none of this is possible without the support of the Milburn Township Board of Education and the administrators and the superintendents and my supervisor. So uh, they, they're 100 percent on board. And when you have stakeholders supporting you, you know, you have something good. So I just want to give a shout out to them for believing in me and what I do at Milburn High School. 
Love it. Love it that you, that you remember to, to acknowledge that because that is so important. Um, and that's, that's truly something that, uh, that makes your, your school and, and your teaching special. Um, Mark, it's been a blast. We're going to sign off here. Uh, oh, I'm seeing somebody requested a question. Jake, I didn't get the request in here, uh, but maybe you can ask on Twitter with the hashtag and uh, Mark can answer later. Um, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. A huge thank you to our guest, Mark uh, Friedrich, here tonight. Uh, if you want to connect with Mark, he's Adventure Ed Guy on Twitter. Uh, you know you're going to learn a ton from him. Even if all you're getting away is just an insane amount of uh, of passion and energy that's going to help you uh, just feel more inspired in your teaching. Um, so thanks again, Mark, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Uh, I can't wait to put the recording of this together so we can share it because I know I want to go back and I want to re-listen to it. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Take care. You too. <laughs> <laughs>